Hey yo, welcome back to Reliving the War and welcome to the 11th of August 1997. In the United States, I'll be missing you by Puff Daddy, Faith Evans and 112 as number one in the Billboard charts, Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts' conspiracy theory was top at the box office, but wrestling fans may remember this date for other reasons, in particular fans of WWF Raw is War. The seeds are planted tonight for a certain faction to begin running roughshod all over the World Wrestling Federation, but we'll get to all that later. Raw comes from Biloxi, Mississippi, Bollocks, Mississippi, while Nitro takes place in Denver, Colorado. Make sure you check out the Road Wild review that was uploaded on Sunday before continuing on here, and if you're good to go, then let's get started with a quick look at the show intros. Nitro opens up with the giant making his way to the arena, he gets stopped by security, he gets handed some papers and then he leaves. The commentators wonder if this was some sort of restraining order or a court summons but whatever it was, it leads to the giant heading back to the hotel. We go to the arena where Michael Buffer welcomes fans to Nitro, the Nitro guards perform a routine while the commentators talk about Road Wild. On Raw, we get a recap video that goes over the SummerSlam finish, the new commissioner and Shawn Michaels' newfound attitude. Raw's gonna open up with a Shawn Michaels promo while WCW presents a match, the Outsiders vs Bobby Starr and David Moore. The Wolfpack comes out and we see a very early version of Scott Hall's weekly survey. He says the crowd came to see the NWO and he lets the fans get involved a little. Scott then says the Outsiders are the best tag team in WCW. Some believe the Steiner brothers are the best but it isn't Rick and Scott standing in the ring with the tag team titles. Nash only has one thing to say, the NWO are too sweet. And then the Steiner Brothers theme music plays in the arena, we think we're getting a road wild rematch but out comes Bobby Starr and David Moore, or as I like to call them, greatness personified. The match gets underway, Scott destroys Moore, he then helps Moore make a tag and then he destroys Bobby Starr, amazing. A middle rope followaway slam leads to Hall tagging in Nash and you can put it in the books as a win for the outsiders, Big Sexy hits the jackknife and that's it over. Nash and Hall then say they want another take they challenge anyone to walk down the ramp, and the Steiner brothers end up jumping the guardrail. Rick and Scott take out Hall, Nash and Six, it's an absolute wipeout. It ends with Nash getting hit with a tag team belt and he gets sent to the outside. It looks like the Outsiders vs Steiners rivalry is gonna continue on WCW television. It's announced by Jim Ross that Shawn Michaels will make his in-ring return to WWF Raw tonight. He faces Mankind in the main event. HBK recaps what's been going on these past few weeks. He says he had a job to do at SummerSlam and he did his job as advertised. It seems like the WWF want to place the blame on Shawn for what happened to The Undertaker and Vince McMahon says on commentary that it was Shawn who wanted to referee the match in the first place. What happened to The Undertaker at SummerSlam was indeed Shawn's fault. As far as tonight's main event goes, Sean invites Taker to watch HBK beat the man who beat The Undertaker numerous times on TV. That's all Sean has to say on that matter before moving on to Sergeant Slaughter. Sean says HBK's on top of the WWF's hit list and Sergeant Slaughter has it in for the Heartbreak Kid. Sean sends a warning to the commissioner to stay out of his business. This prompts Slaughter to come out, Sean makes fun of his chin and how Slaughter can't stop spitting when he speaks, and the commissioner says if HBK thinks Slaughter's here to play games then Michaels is very wrong. Every action the Sarge makes is for the betterment of the World Wrestling Federation. 
inspiration and Sean's going to have to put up or shut up when it comes to tonight's main event with Mankind. Sean says he's one step ahead, he sees his life is in danger, he sees the World Wrestling Federation trying to make things difficult for him, so HBK has got himself an insurance policy. Michael says that everyone should know he delivers better than the Postman and a lot better than UPS, and Sean wraps it up by saying, no offense to the Sarge, but there's gonna be some sweet chin music in the air tonight. A country whipping match takes place between Road Warrior Hawk and Henry Godwin while over on Nitro, Wrath battles Ming. We also get a Steiner Brothers promo. It's been quite a while since we pulled out the Ming Manly meter and I'm gonna say Wrath is pretty manly. I mean, he's no Ming but it takes a man to stand up to Glacier and Ernest Miller and by god, Wrath has been doing just that for quite some time. Ming started the match early during Wrath's entrance and when the two got in the ring, Wrath went down after a standing sidekick. Wrath then got clotheslined out of the ring and this led to Vandenberg jumping on the apron. Ming was just about to eat Vandenberg's face off but Wrath came to the rescue and Ming goes on defense. We see an apron sent on from Wrath here but back in the ring, Wrath gets his little atom bomb smashed on the top rope. Ming hits a superplex, Wrath answers with a middle rope diving clothesline. Ming kicks out of the follow up pin so Wrath hits a pump kick that once again only scores a two count. Ming applies the Tongan death grip and Ming wins via pinfall. Mortis ends up running down to the ring and so does the Barbarian. The four fight for a bit and it ends with Vandenberg escaping through the audience when the faces of fear were just about to attack him. If Mortis and Wrath are moving on to a rivalry with Ming and the Barbarian, then who's Glacier and Miller gonna fight with? The Steiners come out for an interview and Rick says he had the time of his life at Road Wild. He was able to fight the best tag team the NWO had to offer. Scotty says the outsiders were two beaten men last night, Kevin Nash knew as much and that's why he pulled Nick Patrick out of the ring for the DQ finish. But the Steiners are going to take a step back, they're going to reload and they're going to come back for Hall and Nash very soon. Ted DiBiase wants Nick Patrick to come out and explain himself and Patrick says he understands the boys must be frustrated here but he had no choice. The outsiders tried to get DQ'd throughout the whole match and Patrick had already let enough slide before finally calling for the bell. Patrick then says that Randy Anderson should come under some scrutiny for counting Lex Luger's shoulders to the mat later in the night after the NWO got involved in the main event title match. What's a country whipping match then? Basically, it's an over the top rope match. You lose the match if both feet touch the floor, and whipping your opponent is not only legal, but it's encouraged. Henry says this is how they do things back home in Arkansas. Someone doesn't want to do the dishes? Country whipping match. Someone doesn't want to do their homework? Country whipping match. Owen Hart and Davey Boy Smith provide commentary for this one. The plan here was to have a fatal four-way tag team match at Ground Zero for the tag titles. Austin and Dude Love versus Owen and Davey versus the Godwins versus LOD. For someone so eager to have a country whipping match, Henry gets country whipped pretty badly at the opening bell. Hawk shows no mercy as the country whipping continues and just as Henry was making a comeback, Owen and Bulldog start arguing on the headsets. Both guys want to make Brett proud by destroying the Patriots tonight and they can't agree on who should do the honours. In the end, Phineas got involved and some double teamwork put Hawk at a disadvantage. Animal ends up running in with the slot bucket and it's a whack with the bucket that causes Henry to go over the top rope. So the match didn't even end with some good old country whipping. What a shame. Davy and Owen still can't decide who should fight the Patriot later. 
Scott Putsky versus Tony Williams on Raw, Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Jericho on Nitro. The commentary team on Nitro were a little concerned that Nick Patrick was out talking bad about Randy Anderson, and Shivani says this is exactly what the NWO want, they want WCW to argue among themselves. Eddie charges at Chris, but Y2J dodges the attack, Guerrero takes a few dropkicks and Jericho performs a press slam. Guerrero's able to counter a monkey flip attempt, but he ends up getting dropped across the top rope and Chris hits a wheel kick. After taking a break on the outside, Guerrero gets back in the ring and he begs for mercy. We think he's just left himself wide open, but a thumb to the eye catches Jericho off guard. Eddie then lands a dropkick, but Chris replies with his running corner clotheslines. Chris was doing these running corner clotheslines frequently during this time period and it's something he would soon drop completely from his arsenal. Anyway, Eddie gets the knees up during a lion salt but Chris stays in control with a power slam. He follows this up with a German suplex and a double underhook powerbomb and then Chris performs a giant swing. Now, people may come after me for this but Eddie's sell job after the swing, <laughs> just look. He falls on his ass and that's absolutely fine. It's this part here where he dives out of the ring that made me scratch my head a bit. Jericho hits Guerrero with a plancha but back inside the ring, Chris gets his little lion tamer smashed on the top rope. Eddie then hits a frog splash, he lands right on Jericho's face, and Guerrero scores the pinfall win. Not a great showcase here of what these two were capable of, you do expect a bit more from Jericho vs Guerrero and it's surprising that Eddie went over clean. On Raw, Brian Pillman gets a delivery, it's the dress he's gonna wear in tonight's match. Pillman of course isn't too pleased about it. This Putsky vs Williams bout takes a complete backseat to the Brian Pillman vs Goldust angle though, as Goldust and Marlena make their way down to the ring just before the opening bell. The two then join the commentary team and they show their latest movie. We see Pillman in his locker room and he's struggling to put on the dress. Ok, so this is absolutely fine if they just show the clip for a few seconds, but it plays throughout the whole match, plus it's shown on the titantron. That means the fans are too busy watching Pillman and they aren't paying attention to the illustrious Scott Putsky. Pillman loses his temper while trying to put on his ring gear while Scott Putsky wins the match with a Polish hammer. McMahon actually apologises to Putsky and Williams for not covering the match. Sergeant Slaughter then comes down and he tells Goldust and Marlena to leave clearly upset with this invasion of privacy. And yeah, it sucked and it dragged on way too long. Oh Alex, I wouldn't watch this stupid YouTube show if it didn't have your spicy Saturday night fever. Oh, big bratwurst. Alex has once again interrupted the Nitro Girls to show him how it's done. Imagine getting shown up by Alex Wright. They should have just multiplied Alex a few times and we could have had the ultimate version of the Nitro Girls. Mean Gene says the crowd isn't in love with Alex's sick dance moves and Alex shouts in German. He explains that he talks to the people who matter to him first before talking to this sea of losers. Alex says he's a fantastic wrestler, he's great looking, he's an unbelievable dancer, and he's the cruiserweight champion. I studied this interview intensively, I watched it back multiple times, I played it in reverse, I played it upside down, I even brought the interview to a cinema so I could witness it on a big screen, and I could not detect a single lie. While Alex was spitting hard facts on Nitro, The Undertaker said on Raw that he will be watching HBK's match tonight, but at ground zero, no insurance policy will be necessary. The only insurance Michael should consider is burial insurance. Burial insurance. Every wrestler on the planet should have that. Next we have Brian Pillman taking on Flash Funk on Raw while Jeff Jarrett battles Dean Malenko on Nitro. 
So they're gonna blow off the Malenko versus Jarrett thing already it seems after Jarrett left Dean high and dry this past Saturday at Road Wild. Malenko wrecked Double J in the early portion of the match and Jarrett decided he was gonna leave. Big Steve McMichael stood at the entranceway though and Jarrett had no choice but to get back in the ring. Nitro takes a commercial break and when we come back Double J's hiding behind Deborah. This allowed Jeff to go on offense for a while afterwards. Malenko eventually turned it around with a double underhook powerbomb followed by the Texas Cloverleaf, but then Eddie Guerrero showed up and Jarrett got disqualified. Guerrero and Jarrett then took turns beating Dean up, but never mind that shit, here comes Mongo. Would have been great if he stayed at the entranceway and intercepted Guerrero's running, but nonetheless. Mongo and Malenko clean house. Mongo Lenko. Mongolenko. Malongo? Yeah, they clean house, they do the old back bump routine and they act all surprised because they obviously didn't see each other throughout this whole fight. And then Dean kicks Mongo's ass. Check this out, Dean planned on Mongo going over the top rope but Big Steve had other plans clearly. Ouch. Steve says on the outside that Malenko's tougher than a nickel steak and this is something Mongo respects. Maybe old Dean would make a good horseman one day, what do you think? Mongo joins Ric Flair and Chris Benoit afterwards for a promo. Rick heard that Kurt Hennig was speaking to Eric Bischoff and Kurt doesn't deny it. He says tonight he's in the main event of Monday Nitro and he's focusing on taking out the macho man Randy Savage but Flair wants to know two things. One, is Kurt a horseman or not? And two, will Kurt team up with Rick at Clash of the Champions to face six in Conan? For fuck's sake, another event, let me check when Clash of the Champions uh August 21st, so not this week but next week I'll cover that event on the channel, Jesus Christ. So yeah, Kurt says he'll team up with Rick but he isn't confirming if he's a horseman. Also, this upcoming Clash show, Clash 35, it's the final traditional WCW Clash of the Champions show that would air on TBS. Brand Pillman had to once again get forced out of the curtain for his match against Flash Funk. Once again, he starts off very aggressively and Bran even finds a way to use the dress to his advantage, giving Flash Funk a brilliant look at Pillman's loose cannon. Jim Ross promotes ECW Hardcore Heaven where Jerry Lawler faces Tommy Dreamer as our match continues on. Funk takes a back elbow followed by a few boots on the mat. Sergeant Slaughter then shows up via split screen to let us know who's gonna face the Patriot later on. And the commissioner decided that Owen and Davey will face the Patriot and a partner of the Patriot's choosing later in a tag team match. We won't know who the partner is until just before the matchup. Flash hits a great looking crossbody from the top but Brand gets the knees up when Funk goes for a moonsault. Brand then hits a DDT and he gets distracted by Goldust and Marlena showing up. They watch the Titan Tron and the video of Pillman getting dressed is put on the giant screen. This distracts Brian and Flash Funk gets a pinfall victory. JR and Vince McMahon say this is going too far but still, Brian has to wear the dress once again next week. We've got some promos next on both shows, Dude Love on Raw and Eric Bischoff on Nitro. Dude Love gives an update on Steve Austin, he isn't at Raw tonight, he's sitting at home right now getting better but his best buddy Dude Love lets everyone know that the rattlesnake will be back soon. At this point, the WWF were still hoping Dude Love and Steve Austin would defend the titles at Ground Zero in that fatal four-way match, so Dude Love talks about that bout a little before moving on to tonight's main event. McMahon wants to know who Dude Love thinks is gonna win the big match, Mankind or Shawn Michaels. The Dudester says he knows both guys quite well but he thinks Mankind is gonna rock and roll all over that wannabe hippie Shawn Michaels. HBK appears on the Titantron and he tells Mick Foley to get into the 21st century. 
He says, dude, love is not Shawn Michaels. Tonight, Mankind's gonna see HBK's new insurance policy live and in living color. Mankind's gonna taste some sweet chin music whether he likes it or not. And Shawn wraps up the promo by calling Mick Foley an idiot. Mick quotes the Beatles, he proclaims, he is we, Sean is we, we are we, and we are all together. And when Raw's war, mankind will tear Shawn Michaels up. Cuckoo kachoo. <laughs> Mick then escapes his psychotic groupies before having a change of heart. He gets back in the ring, he has a little dance, and Raw's war then moves into the war zone portion of the show. We see the Patriot talking to someone backstage, he's trying to get himself a tag team partner for the next matchup. Easy e comes down to the ring with Scott Norton, but he's soon joined by Scott Hall, Six, Virgil and Buff Bagwell. Bischoff congratulates Hulk Hogan for his win last night, he congratulates the Outsiders for keeping their belts, and then the NWO sang happy birthday to Hollywood Hogan. Happy birthday to in regards to the Giant, Bischoff confirms it was a restraining order that was served earlier on Nitro. The Giant isn't allowed within 50 feet of Eric Bischoff, and Buff Daddy uses his accurate measuring skills to draw the line. Right here, the Giant can't pass this line or he'll be arrested. The Giant comes out, he of course wants to ignore the restraining order, so Larry Zabisco and JJ Dillon have to talk a little sense into the big man. The Giant ignores the warning, he goes ahead and he steps over the line, and security are completely going along with Buff Bagwell's highly accurate system of measurement. The cuffs aren't big enough for the Giant's big wrists, but he agrees to go to the slammer and not escalate matters any further. Scott Hall sees this as an opportunity to go into stealth mode, he approaches Zabisco, he taps him on the shoulder, and then he throws a toothpick in his face. Looks like one more for the good guys. This guy is nothing but a lousy stinking hyena. What kind of a hero would pick on a guy in a wheelchair? Lousy stinking creep. Owen Hart and the Bulldog take on the Patriot and his mystery partner next on Raw while the Steiner brothers battle Chris Benoit and Steve McMichael. Lex Luger's gonna cut a promo too. Owen and Davey dedicate their upcoming match to Bread, and the King of Hearts shows the Patriot how you're supposed to wave your country's flag with passion. The mystery partner is then revealed, and it's Kenny Boy Shamrock, seeking revenge for the copious amounts of chin locks he took at SummerSlam. Owen tries to go toe to toe with the world's most dangerous man, but a fireman's carry and an arm drag keeps Hart on the mat. Some hero promotes hardcore heaven in the audience as Bret Hart watches the action backstage on his 75 inch 4K smart TV. Ken hits a high knee on the King of Hearts before Captain America gets tagged in, but he's gonna have to get in there with Britain's favourite son. The crowd chanting USA seems to make Davey trip balls right in the middle of the ring, but he shakes it off and he ends up taking a hip toss anyway. He gets rammed in the corner following a hammerlock and he quickly crawls back to Owen when Shamrock gets tagged back in. Bret Hart shows up on the entranceway just before Raw takes a commercial break and when we come back, JR explains that Shamrock has been kept away from his corner. It's been all Davey and Owen so far. Davey performs a snapmare but no chinlock follows. Maybe he's satisfied with the chinjuries he caused at SummerSlam. Owen comes back in and Shamrock hits a running crossbody. Ken then manages to tag in the Patriot and Vince says this could be the next WWF champion as Owen and Davey get wiped out. Davey takes a part slam and a diving shoulder tackle and then Bret Hart starts making his way down to the ring. Shamrock and the referee get distracted by Bret and this allows Owen to throw a chair in the ring. Owen then goes out to keep the distraction going as long as possible, but it all backfires when Patriot 
Patriot hits the Uncle Slam on Davy. Poor Bulldog takes it on the steel chair that his brother-in-law placed in the ring, and the Patriot and Ken Shamrock pick up the win. Uh, it was okay. On Nitro, Big Mongo wanted to show the NWO how you're supposed to beat up the Steiner brothers, and you know what? The horseman took a loss. Way to go, Mongo. Check out the suplex that ended the match though, that was a close call right there. Not gonna go over this one because it's a match we have seen before and there's no storyline developments at all. A pretty standard WCW tag team match. Lex Luger shows up rocking a denim shirt with the sleeves ripped off because, you know, the 90s. Actually, no, nobody wore this in the 90s. And man, Luger has had a roller coaster week in WCW, hasn't he? The thing is though, Luger's status and the fans' perception of Luger can still be saved, but it all depends on what happens next. This promo should let us know what the plans currently are for the total package. Lex says last Monday night was the happiest night of his career and he admits Sturgis was a disappointment. He then talks about how the post-match celebration on the previous Nitro was a turning point in the WCW-NWO war and someone disconnects Luger's brain for a moment before it goes into safe mode. In my world title victory, you saw w WCW wrestlers. So Lex pretty much glosses over his short title reign by claiming last week was the beginning of WCW truly bringing the fight to the NWO. This is, uh, this is doing him no favours. He then says he holds no animosity against Randy Anderson, saying as Randy wasn't quick to disqualify the NWO last week on Nitro. And then he goes back to talking about WCW bringing the fight to the New World Order. He says the NWO are a diamond cutter away, a choke slam away. Just watch. Diamond cutter away, you're a choke slam away. You're a Steiner brother away from you're a diamond cutter away. You're a choke slam away. You're a Steiner brother away. You're a Steiner brother away. You're a Steiner brother away from losing what's yours. You're a Steiner brother away. You're a Steiner brother away. You're a Steiner brother away from losing what's yours. Flexi Lexi takes the shirt off and he says Hulk Hogan has now been racked three times. Lex can snap his fingers and get another title shot, apparently, and he could take the title back before the NWO spray paint is dried on the championship belt. The thing is, Hogan's apparently in Montreal tonight shooting a movie, so yeah, you'll do nothing, Lex. It would appear that Luger's gearing up for another title match with Hulk, but guess what? It doesn't happen at Clash of the Champions, Hulk doesn't wrestle on that show. It doesn't happen at Fall Brawl, Hulk isn't on that show either. Hogan does wrestle at Halloween Havoc, but not against Luger. So yeah, throw last week in the bin because WCW now carries on as if nothing happened. The WWF puts on a video showing Bret Hart returning to Canada while WCW put on a Buff Bagwell vs Diamond Dallas Page match. Vince McMahon says you'd think Bret Hart won a gold medal in the Olympics with all the press attention he's been getting in Canada since winning the WWF Championship. The Hitman says the fans in the states are going to have a real hard time realizing that the greatest wrestler in the history of the WWF is not an American. Hitman Fever's taken over the Toronto International Airport and wait, isn't that Jason Sensation? The guy who impersonates Owen Hart next year during the Nation vs DX feud? 
Yeah, it is him. I looked this up and Jason was just a fan here. He wasn't a plant. He said he would show up to things like this long before he was able to show off his impersonation skills to the folks at WWF. Anyway, the kids sing the Canadian national anthem as Jason Sensation looks like Jack Black. And then Bret Hart shows up and it's absolute fucking bedlam. Look at this. We see footage of Bret holding the title in the air and we see fans swarming over Bret to get an autograph. The hitman says that he won the title for the fans in Canada and fans all over the world. It isn't the American Wrestling Federation, it's the World Wrestling Federation. Brett will continue to carry the belt with honor and pride for his fans all across the world, minus the United States. We go back to the arena and Sean's speaking with his insurance policy. He tells the cameraman to scram, but some folks at home may have made a good guess here. Looks like Sean wasn't lying and he's got himself some backup should things go sideways in tonight's main event. The Patriot then cuts a promo and he won't fuck up about how he belongs in the WWF and how he deserves to be in the ring with the very best. So Brett puts an end date with a chair shot and a few swift jabs to the head. Officials break it up and yeah, get whatever heat you can there lads. I remember not caring about this Patriot vs Heart match at all in 1997 and I kinda feel the same way watching this all back today. Diamond Dallas Page vs Buff Bagwell then, this one's kinda interesting to look back on now because at the time this video was put together, Buff is actually staying with DDP in the hopes that Dallas can turn his life around. Here's hoping that Buff Daddy can get back on track, if there's anyone who can help Bagwell, it's definitely Diamond Dallas Page. Dallas goes down after a hip toss and then the two go at it again, Bagwell goes down after a shoulder block and the crowd pops when Page hits a clothesline. Buff replies with a dropkick and that no good Vincent does a little damage from the outside. It's ineffective, Page is able to get right back in the match and check out Buff's powerbomb counter here, that's impressive. Buff then gets in an argument with Scott Dickinson and he plays it up for the fans at home. All this buys DDP a little time and Dallas dodges a kick. Buff takes a few left jabs and a big right but he counters a diamond cutter with a backslide, it only gets a two count. The referee, <laughs> fuck's sake, the referee ignores the action in the ring to ask the timekeeper how long's left in the match. This was stupid. Vincent jumps on the apron but it's Buff who takes the bump. We see the diamond cutter and the match is over. The stuff with the referee was dumb but you kinda forgive everything as soon as you see the diamond cutter and the pop that follows. Farouk vs Chains on Raw, Mortis vs Ultimo Dragon on Nitro. Again, it's good to see Wrath and Mortis wrestling different guys on WCW television but it isn't so good if they're gonna keep losing matches. Dragon made Mortis submit in this one to the Dragon Sleeper, but the action inside the ring was decent. WCW was running out of time though, they rushed through this one to ensure there was enough airtime left for the promo and match that follows. On Raw, Farouk tried to silence a biker Michael liker and he was doing a good job of it too. That was until he took a big boot and both Farouk and the referee got knocked out. Some random dude then jumped in the ring and he tried to wake the referee up. He then turned the chains and he hit that move, you know, the move that jobber guy used to perform, I forget his name, uh, Rocky Ricky, I don't know. Farouk then pins chains and is this new guy Ahmed Johnson's replacement in the nation? He looks familiar but I can't remember where I've seen him before. Looks like an absolute star. He looks great. Definite world champion potential right here. So the nation has a new member it seems. Very much looking forward to seeing more from this guy. The commentators call him Rocky Maivia and that name sounds familiar too. I think there was once a Peter Maivia who wrestled a long time ago but anyway. Yeah instant fan. 100% behind this guy and everything he does. 
The Patriot cuts another promo on Raw next, while JJ Dillon has another offer for Sting on Nitro. They're really pushing the Patriot this week, aren't they? Sable came down the ringside first, and the Patriot, the babyface in all this, interrupted Sable to challenge Bret Hart. Patriot said he backs down from nobody and he'll stand face to face with anyone, even though he wears a mask, but aye. Patriot's all pissed off that Bret Hart jumped him from behind earlier on, you know, the same way the Patriot jumped Bret Hart from behind last week. And hey, you may think I'm making up excuses for his excellency, but I don't care. The jam deficiency in the ring deserves to get called out. And guess what guys, Patriot says we don't have to wait until September, we can do it right now in bollocks Mississippi news just in, we don't have to wait until the pay-per-view. Bret Hart doesn't back down from challenges, so the hitman walks straight down to the ring and that lousy stinking hyena Patriot attacks Bret while the hitman was stepping inside the ropes. Little did Patriot know that he just fell for the oldest trick in the book, except for the old switcheroo. Here comes the Hart Foundation ready to smack the Patriot around a little and yep. It's a 4 on 1 beatdown and no one saves the Patriot. No Shamrock, no Mankind, no Brockus. Patriot has no mate, so the hearts take care of Hart family business. There's a fine line between being courageous and being stupid. They were trying to make the Patriot look like a hero, but I don't think it worked out too well. That's two beatings the Patriot has taken this week, and let me tell you something brother, there's more where that came from. James J. Dillon is gonna try once again to entice the stinger to come back to the ring. He says he was disappointed last week, but the fans don't care, they've spotted Sting getting ready to make his entrance, and they don't listen to what Dillon has to say next. JJ says at Fall Brawl last year, the NW benefited from having the rules altered to their liking, but what the NW forgets is that they agreed to wrestle in further WCW sanctioned matches when they agreed to participate in war games. Just make it up as you go along JJ, it's alright. With that in mind, Dylan has a brand new contract for Sting. He wonders if Sting's in the building even though the cameras already showed him walking around the catwalk. Sting gets dropped into a sea of motherfuckers and look at this guy, he's not dressed as a security man, but he does defend the stinger at all costs, pushing marks away and telling them to keep their grubby hands off the icon. Alright so Sting gets in the ring, Dylan says he's had a lot of suggestions thrown at him via phone call, letters, emails, tiktok and the odd message on tinder. If Sting signs the contract, he'll face 6, presumably at fall brawl. Sting takes the contract, he rips it up, he puts it in Dylan's pocket and the stinger looks insulted by the offer. Mean Gene asks the icon what is it that he wants and the stinger looks out at the crowd. The fans begin chanting Hogan. Sting points to the audience, the fans are answering the question for him, so JJ better get back to the office and get a new contract drawn up post haste. Main event time guys, on Nitro we have Macho Man Randy Savage vs Mr Indecisive Kurt Hennig. On Raw we've got HBK Shawn Michaels vs Mankind. Not gonna lie, the WCW main event feels a little random but let's check it out anyway. Hennig with a side headlock starts us off. A quick drop down and leapfrog sequence leads to Macho taking Kurt's head off with a clothesline. Macho drives an elbow into Perfect's throat and the two men fight on the outside. Kurt rams Savage into the guardrail, Macho tries to hide behind Liz but it doesn't work out too well. We come back from commercial and the two are now fighting on the entranceway. Macho has the upper hand but Kurt fights back and the two eventually get back inside the ropes where Kurt lays in a few boots. We then see the neck snap and Kurt keeps his advantage with a knee lift. Randy then fights back while still on the mat and Hennig takes a great bump when Macho kicks his left leg. So out of desperation Hennig throws Macho out of the ring. 
Diamond Dallas Page then shows up and he attacks Kurt. That's gonna be a DQ finish ladies and gentlemen. Page takes out Kurt. Savage then attacks Paige, Paige gets the better of Randy for just a moment and then Scott Hall shows up to lend a hand, DDP takes the fall away slam, Macho delivers two elbow drops and it ends with Lex Luger hitting the ring to make the save, the NWO celebrate on the outside as Lex checks on DDP and the commentators wrap up the show before Nitro goes off the air. Not a great main event this week from WCW but it appears the DDP and Savage rivalry is still ongoing and that's a good thing. Before the Raw main event, Mankind says he hopes Sean's insurance policy is a life insurance policy. So we've had burial insurance, life insurance, much you wanna bet it was funny pack insurance that Sean had, stupid things always going missing. Brockus cuts another pre-taped promo and this is slowly turning into Glacier 2.0. Let's get our German friend Jonas in to translate what Brockus says. My name is Brockus. I like to wrestle and I like big old titties. Someday I might show up in the WWF but until then, I'm just gonna cut promos, eat my meat, tickle my pickle and pretend I can fight. Good day to you sir. Mankind comes to the ring holding a big trash can but he doesn't get a chance to use it. HBK lays in the right hands and then Foley gets bopped a few times with his own weapon. Michaels puts the trash can on Foley and HBK performs a double axe handle. Sean laughs as he takes the can off Foley but Mick surprises Sean with a mandible claw. Sean gets out with a low blow and it's awesome how Mick keeps the garbage bag on as the two fight on the outside. Sean gets dropped across the guardrail and check it out, a young fan wants to hug HBK and HBK hugs him back in the middle of a fight no less. Mick gets backdropped on the table, Sean performs an elbow drop from the apron, this looked great and Mick takes a nasty bump on the ring steps. When the two get back in the ring Michaels hits the top rope elbow drop, he lines mankind up for the sweet chin music but Foley counters and we see the mandible claw again. Sean tries to get out by escaping the ring but Foley holds on and look at these ring post shots that Foley takes right here, man. Foley takes a back suplex on the table and then just before commercial break Triple H and China begin walking down to the ring. We come back from break and Sean's got Foley's mask, he uses it as a weapon and it looks like Sean has this one under control but Mick gets another chance when he dodges a shoulder tackle. HBK stays in it with a sleeper hold and Triple H and China watch on as Foley breaks the sleeper only to take a jumping forearm. We then see strikes in the corner with the two going back and forth, HBK lays it in and he gets vicious by choking Foley with his boot but Mick gives as good as he gets when Michaels gets scooped off his feet and we see a little cactus jack coming out. Mick lays it in hard before switching back to the mankind character, he begins ripping out his own hair and then the insurance policy shows up, it's ravishing Rick Rude. Mick hits a double arm DDT, it should be lights out for HBK, but then China, Triple H and Rude begin working together. Hunter trips up Mankind, China distracts the referee and Rick Rude nails Foley with a chair shot right to the head. Sean then hits sweet chin music and Sean wins the match via pinfall. HBK acts like he didn't know all this was gonna happen, The Undertaker's music then plays and Jim Ross says we don't have to wait until the pay per view news just in, we don't have to wait until the pay per view. Sean doesn't run away from the undertaker this time, he has a lot of backup in the ring, Paul Bearer appears on the titantron, he says the time is nearly upon us, the undertaker's little brother is coming back to the world wrestling federation and the undertaker's gonna burn in hell, raw ends as the entrance lights turn red and fire shoots up from the stage floor.
I'm giving it the raw this week. It was quite a big night for the WWF with the very first hint of this new faction featuring HBK, Triple H, Rick Rude and China. Also, Rocky Maivia turning heel and joining the nation is a very important night in the career of the Great One. Nitro looked good on paper, the Sting stuff was great again, Guerrero vs Jericho was okay, everything else was pretty standard. Raw now has 41 points on our leaderboard, Nitro has 43 points, and we're still on 12 ties. In the television ratings, Nitro won with a 3.8, Raw scored a 2.9. Next week, Brian Pullman comes up with a plan to get out of that dress for good while also delivering some big news to Goldust. Steve Austin gives us an update on his current condition, and Triple H teams up with HBK to battle Mankind and The Undertaker. On Nitro, we get a roadwide rematch when Ric Flair takes on Six, JJ Dillon has another contract offer for Sting, and The Outsiders take on DDP and Lex Luger in the main event. Hopefully you join me next week for episode 97 of Reliving the War. Thank you so much for watching and take care.